Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity Greger. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We help you get your business off the ground and up running smoothly so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Go to wiredtochange.com to get more information on our programs. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wired to Change. With the number two. There you go. All right, Trinity, today we're talking about the difference between sales and marketing. And a lot of people just lump it in together. The smaller the company, it's lumped in together. Mm-hmm. As companies get bigger, they have a, a department for sales, a department for marketing, but the two are similar but really different, aren't they? They really are. Uh, and do you know how hard it is for me not to say, this is my favorite topic? <laughs> <laughs> I think last week was, yeah. So. Every topic's my right favorite out. topic. <laughs> it takes away from um, the fact that this is one of my favorite topics. I, I kind of summarized it up into a one-word sentence for each. So sales is the action of converting a client. Yes. Right? Uh, marketing is the promotion and finding of potential clients. So if you boil it down to those two basic facets, then you really can then dig into what the difference is between sales and marketing. Sales is actually going into the storefront to sell something. Yes. The marketing is what the people who worked in the storefront saw on TV on your image ad. Right. The sales and marketing departments, like you said, are often lumped into one department, but mm-hmm. it is two very different Um, things that people are focusing on. And I have seen a lot of times people think that they're doing sales, but what they're really doing is marketing. If you are networking, you're marketing. Right. Networking is marketing. Right. Finding somebody at a networking event who might be interested in your service and following up with them and giving them a call and scheduling appointment, that's sales. Marketing is research of customer needs. Mm -hmm. It's the old line, they could sell ice to Eskimos. No, you wouldn't because they don't need it. They got it. But they want my ice, ice, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Sales is hard, people. Sale, any kind of sales. And again, we talk, there's a number of consistent themes through this show. Uh, One is it's not easy being a small business owner. You have to be wired for it. You have to be ready for it. Uh, The rewards are unbelievable if you work it right. But Mm -hmm. the sales part of it is hard because you may think, oh, I got this thing It will solve people's problems. Mm -hmm. But if they don't know about it, it doesn't matter how good it is. It really doesn't. And going back to all of our experience over the years with working with sales professionals and people who are in the marketing realm, one of the most often overlooked gaps that happen in a business is that bridge between what happens once you're done with your marketing and how do you convert those clients into your sales funnel? That is a piece that I love digging into because if you put all of your time and effort and resources up front, because you have to do your marketing first. Yes. And then you lose the ball, you know, like, I don't know, soccer reference. All of a sudden, you know, you've worked really hard to get possession and then you lose it at the, um, right before you're about to get it in the net. Yeah. You're, you're screwed. So, yeah. And if you're a small business owner, if you were to run for your realtor business, mm-hmm. if you were to run in a realtor at Hunter Row, Trinity Rock, Trinity Gregor, yeah. If you were to run commercial radio spots for two weeks, 
I sell your house the quickest, I get the most price, whatever you want to say that, and then sit and wait for your phone to ring, you've just <laughs> you've missed out on a lot. I would I'd be poor. <laughs> right. But the marketing part of that is actually the commercial. Right. Yeah. You, Which, the the four things they talk about product, price, place, and promotion. Mm-hmm. Those are the four P's of marketing. And it is near impossible to have a great marketing plan if you don't have a good product. And that goes back to episode two, I believe, where we were discussing really coming up with what is your product and what are you selling. And um, our next episode, we're actually going to be talking about branding, which goes back again to... Oh, even deeper, yeah. Even Even deeper. Even broader, yeah. Yeah, deeper or broader or both. Deeper subject, but it's a broader view of... Yes. Your, you and your product, yes. So if you don't have something that is marketable, if you don't have a marketable product or service, you're going to have such a hard time gaining any traction with your marketing. I would tell my agents when I was coaching them that it's, um, it's, for instance, a home. So if you have a house, you could go out and buy a billboard. You could buy hundreds of dollars worth of marketing ads and Facebook ads and all this stuff. But if that house looks like, pardon my French, shit, mm-hmm then you could spend all the money in the world, but if you don't have a marketable product, all that money doesn't count. So first and foremost, make sure that you have something that is marketable that you're going to invest your money and time into marketing. It's like a Barbie doll putting a really ugly Barbie in a really pretty box (laughs) and wondering why it's not flying off the shelves. What was the line in uh, 2012? Was it Sarah Palin's line, 2012? It's like putting lipstick on a pig. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, if I had a pig, it would be dressed in the cutest little clothes and the best lipstick. (laughs) Only only buxom lip gloss for my pig. (laughs) But you're right, though. It goes back to, you. first of all, and with any business... It's got to be something that the the market wants. You could be jumping. There could be, and again, we go back to the easy reference of the landscaper, which I think we talked about in episode four. There could be a hundred other landscapers in town, and you decide, you know what, that's what I want to do. That's fine. You're number 101, but what are you going to do? How are you going to outwork them? How are you going to differentiate yourself? And all that stuff. So you've got to figure out. Most small business owners don't have a marketing plan. Plan. Mm -hmm. They know what they want to do. They just don't know how they're going to tell people what they're doing. Right. And having a marketing plan is so vitally important. A marketing plan and then a sales plan and a sales funnel and how you're going to manage your sales once you have that marketing plan in action and it starts generating those leads or prospects or potential clients. In this day and age with social media, that is all marketing. Mostly, unless you, I guess if you say, hey, we've got a, like, we have a coaching seminar Mm -hmm. coming up October 16th, $99, go to wiredechange.com. That's kind of sales. But when we're just pushing out, hey, you should have a business coach. Everybody needs a business coach. And we give all the great national stats and everything. Mm -hmm. That's marketing. That's marketing. Because we're telling them what we do. Right. We have been doing a bit of marketing for Wire to Change. I mean, I would call it passive marketing versus active marketing. Passive marketing is the things that you send out to the world, but there's no call to action. Um, And then you have active marketing where we're the ones that are actually meeting with people one-to-one. We're describing our products and services. It's much more of a uh, more on-purpose touch. And we did that today. Yeah, we did that. We did that today. And we did both of those because I put out a LinkedIn post this morning Mm -hmm. 
uh, just talking about the value of podcasting and people should get one. Which my fiance saw and oh, commented on and said, wonderful. man, that Mike Manning is so good at social media. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. I'm patting you on the back right now. I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the meeting we had a little later or earlier this afternoon was talking specifics on stuff. Right. And, and that's the big difference. So when you go, when you go networking, that's marketing. When you go cold calling, that's sales. Yeah, and there could definitely be a blurred line there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's always going to be, mm-hmm. yeah. But if you're knocking on doors, walking in saying, buy my services or my product, that's sales. It's prospecting. We could go down a whole yeah, rabbit hole true. there. But, right. yeah, because I love, I think we should have a whole whole thing on prospecting. Or just rabbit holes. Yeah, or rabbit <laughs> holes. <laughs> Some of the marketing strategies and there's... Again, depending on what you're good at, what you want to do, the size of your company, the standard one right now is just internet marketing. And if we could tell you over and over and over again, please do that because it's free. It is until a point. And then you have to find someone good. Like we have partners that we've partnered with, with like Drago mm-hmm. over here at Oak City Tech, who yep. helps us with a lot of our digital and online marketing. Unless you're buying ads, though, you can you can post every day for free on oh, social yeah, media. So yeah. please, but you also can spend a lot of time, which converts to money, yeah. in rabbit holes and getting lost on social media. Social media is a blessing and a curse, yeah. and it really, really is. Um, one of my best pieces of advice for people to meet with someone who's an expert in social media, so you're not wasting your time at least pay a couple hundred bucks and meet with someone to learn about how hashtags work, learn about how the basic premises of social media work. So that way you're not spinning your wheels doing things and then wondering why you're getting no results. Correct. Yep. Um, But again, it goes back to having a plan. And every industry going back to two episodes ago, talk with people within your industry because Internet marketing does not work for all businesses. Print marketing does not work for all businesses. Um, Using blogs, um, search, you know, some things aren't easily found on the Internet. Some things, you know, and the bigger your um, purchase price of whatever it is that you're selling, the less effective because people will buy more on the Internet Mm -hmm. if it's at a lower risk. Right, So the higher the risk of how much money you're going to spend, the less likely you're going to gain that client from you know, a click ad on the internet. Now, the, Scott is a great example of this, my fiance. We were talking about um, things that we see on Instagram because Instagram, I mean, some of these people are just crushing it selling products on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we found one of those little bouncy ball things that like um, – for your dog. Yes. And you don't have to play with your dog anymore because the ball does it for you. Does the ball keep bouncing? <laughs> yes. And then it puts itself to sleep and then it wakes itself back up and, and it changes colors and it basically plays with your dog for you, which I was like, that's fantastic because Carlos, effing Carlos, my chihuahua yeah. mix, is annoying as hell. So I was like, that's but the power of a really well-placed ad, but that ball... If it was a $1,000 object, we would never have even clicked on that ad to purchase something off of Instagram. So you need to know your audience and where and how much money they're going to be willing to spend based on the amount of advertising you're doing. Does it make sense? Oh, yes. And I was just going to say dogs become personal. When we were living in Daytona Beach from, what, 99 to 2009, first time I've ever Mm -hmm. had to deal with hurricanes, 
I found out a lot about people and how much they love their dogs. Oh, yeah. Usually they would go buy stuff for the dog and then go to the grocery store for the family. And then, of course, right. the liquor store, maybe the liquor store second. <laughs> but generally, the dog is always first. Is a dog taken care of if we lose power, what this, that, and the other? Right. Take the dog out to pee before the wind picks up, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Uh, I was amazed at uh, the level of care people had for their dogs. And that's one of the things you factor in when you're trying to figure out what a business you want to start. If that's what you love as dogs, when we walked out of Panera's today, that guy had that black chihuahua. Mm -hmm. What was the connection there? Walked right by. You could stay there for an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, because I have a black dog. And black dogs, random tidbit, are historically less adoptable than dogs that are not black. So I have an affinity for the underdog. (laughs) Ha, ha. Underdog, yeah. Are there rarely? Are there just not that many black chihuahuas? No, there's a. There was very few black chihuahuas. So one, it was a pattern interrupt because the dog was not a normal dog that you would typically see. Second, it looked like my dog in miniature. And third, the fact that that guy was so engaged with that other woman and the dog, it just all pulled me in. Let's talk about marketing for a second on just what we saw Mm because you got me thinking. So here's this guy. He was seventy plus. Yes. T-shirt, Not as good-looking as you. Well, few are. Yeah. He's sitting there with his black chihuahua, and uh-huh. this one lady, nice-looking lady, a lot yep. younger than him, bent down on one knee with her arm on the table to look at that dog, and then you, uh-huh. stunningly beautiful, way oh, younger I than thank him. you. So this guy's got two women who stopped uh-huh. and talked to him, and I thought, that dude's a, he should teach a class on marketing. Yes. Oh, he was using that dog as his... All day and he long. sat right by the front door. His perfect yeah. placement. You know that, that he was placement. sitting there. Product placement. He was selling that Chihuahua. Absolutely. I, I thought that what he, mm-hmm. as I got the car leaving, I thought, you know, wait, did, mm-hmm. what did I just see? I saw that. Yeah. Uh, the best marketing is taking a baby that's not yours to the park. Right. And meeting all the single women. My brother did that with my oldest son years ago. But the dude with the Chihuahua is great market. That's actually we should have taken well, some video on that. We should have, except I if I would not be certain what he was selling. Was he selling himself? Was he selling the Chihuahua? Was he selling? He got something you to else? stop. He did get me to stop, yeah, but but getting someone one. getting someone to stop is important. But getting someone to stop and know what that is that they're stopping for right. is very important. Yes, you should always be closing. I saw a clip on somebody posted on uh, LinkedIn a while or a while back or Facebook. The episode from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross uh-huh. with Alec Baldwin. If you've never seen that movie, if you God, if I love it. It's a classic. Uh, so, coffee is for closers, and it's coffee ABC, always be closing. But the guy, goal number one is to get somebody to stop and look at your ad. That's goal number one. And the dude, he got two women to stop. Right. They were way out of his league. Yes. To stop and talk to him about his chihuahua. Yep. Now, what he told you, I don't know, because I walked away. Yeah. I have no you interest did. in You had chihuahua. zero interest. Zero. He told me that the chihuahua had papers, that it was, I just it said was a purebred. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, if I'm picking up single women, he I'm showed me too. the one gray hair on the Chihuahua's butt. He I don't had to know look why for it. he, he had did, to look for but that. that was really weird. Yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> he was very proud of the dog. And but I loved that be. Chihuahua man out there with the Chihuahua. If you ever need a dog sitter, oh jeez, you're killing me. But he never told me the Chihuahua's name. It wasn't his. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love how you have an entire um, conspiracy theory around the Chihuahua man. He led with she has papers. That was the second yes. thing out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Well, maybe he sells Chihuahuas. 
Back moving, to moving on to real marketing, to but I got to give the types of marketing. I got to give the old man props. He got two women to stop. He did, and that was goal number one. And yes. he'd have stayed longer if we weren't coming over here. I would have. Yes, I absolutely would have. Yep. Um, maybe he was working on by referral. Maybe he was working on some referral marketing. I would call it that. Yeah. That when you go to a bar looking for single mm-hmm. women, call it whatever you want. Sure. Referral marketing sure. with or without a dog. Yeah. But uh, props to the old man. Today we're going to talk a bit about um, marketing strategies. So we talked about internet marketing, print marketing. Um, you can use social media, SEO, search engine optimization, um, referral marketing. That's my area of expertise. So building businesses and finding clients through building a referral network. Uh, that's why we're both part of BNI, Business Networking International. It's actually how Mike and I met was mm-hmm. through our um, – he was my – Chapter consulting consulting director. director. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew you were something important. Yes, I yeah. tell people that all the time. Yeah, yes. you were really important in my life before I even knew it. <laughs> it did. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a reason we met, but that's another podcast. Yes. Oh, that is another podcast. Yes. That we're already working on. So you have marketing strategies, but then you also have different sales methods. Yes. So I don't know if we want to skip already and talk about referral marketing. Referral marketing. Let's do a little bit more marketing and then we'll come back to some sales. And then we have national examples that you'll know of the difference between sales and marketing. Yeah. So. So referral marketing is not my favorite topic to talk about, but it is my passion. Yes. It is how I have built my last two businesses. That's how I've worked and gained clients for the last more years than I care to admit, 10 years. And it is by far one of the least expensive ways to gain clients, but also mega hard because you're putting yourself in situations that most people would not feel comfortable doing. So what percentage of our clients would you say feel comfortable right out the bat working by referral? Probably not a lot. Not a lot. Right. Once they start coaching and once they start getting comfortable, how many do you think feel comfortable? Oh, now we're what, one out of four? Yeah. Yeah, one out of three. And then there's some that we just convince, hey, this isn't for you. No. Like, don't waste your stress level over it. Yeah. Um, And then there's the wild cards. (laughs) There's the people that surprise us that I'm like, wow, you're actually really great at this. So referral marketing is when you are building a network of people around you who then become your sales team. And the number one piece of advice for people who are looking to gain one business-to-business referrals or a um, business-to-consumer referral is that you have to be out and about in the community, you need to make those connections, and then you have to follow up. Yes. My other favorite F word, follow up. <laughs> Let, let's go to a subset here on that. Mm-hmm. When you are networking... Most people who are good networkers, and you're included, both of us are included in that, yes. we have a right pocket and a left pocket. Right pocket and left pocket. Please yes. explain. Everyone, not everyone. Okay, I take that back. Not everyone. Right. Many people remember the dating world of Tinder and swiping left and swiping right. Same concept. When you meet someone, you are... Um, gauging whether you want to keep in contact with them just as much as they're gauging if they want to keep in contact with you. So I physically like to wear pants or a pocket dress, even though today I have no pockets on this dress. It's driving me nuts. Because when I met my flight attendant's dress does have pockets on purpose. That's my favorite networking dress. (laughs) One, because everyone tells me I look like a flight attendant. And two, it has pockets. Yep. 
So when I meet someone within 30 to 60 seconds, I'm determining whether or not Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow up with that person. Are they creepy? Do they make me feel uncomfortable? Are they verbally puking all over me? And if I think any of those things, that card's going in my left pocket. I'm swiping left on them, and I'm like, nope, don't want to follow up with you. If they are someone that I'm like, wow, I really want to get to know you better, or I'm intrigued by your business, or um, I just really genuinely like them as a person, then they're going to go in that right pocket And within 24 to 48 hours, I am following up with that person by either sending them a text message, a phone call, an email, whatever their preferred method of communication is, or sending them a handwritten thank you note and setting the next appointment or touch point for continuing that conversation. One of the things to look at if you've not been a networker before and you will start doing that because we just told you the benefits of doing that. If somebody walks towards you and they hand you their card before they shake your hand, just put it in the left pocket and move on because they are there to sell you. Uh They are not there to get to know you or build any kind of a relationship. They are there, here, can you buy my product? Oh, you can't? Great. I'll move on to the Uh next person. Yeah, and those people just make my tummy crawl because they're not the type of people that I like to associate with because I'm looking for long-term relationships with people. I'm not looking for someone like, hey, you want to buy a house today? You're going to buy a house today? You're going to buy a house today? I want to be the person that develops a relationship with them and when they need to buy a house six months, a year, two years, three years, five years down the road, I'm the one that they think of. And we always tell people, the people we coach and that we work with, think of yourself as the consumer. Who do you Mm -hmm. buy from and why? Right. And once you figure out, oh, I've known them for a long time or I've been buying this product for a long time, it's the same product every time. That's why, say what you want about McDonald's, mm-hmm. you get the same thing whether you're in Idaho or Miami. It's the same product. That's yeah. why people, and I'm going to be McDonald's it's guy. not the same in South Korea. You're going, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you as the consumer, why do you buy, where you buy? Do you know they serve beer at McDonald's overseas? Oh, they serve beer with everything overseas. Yeah. I wish they served beer. I would go to McDonald's a lot more frequently mm, if they served beer here. We, yeah. That's a whole other generation yeah. probably has to be raised on beer, which they mm-hmm. are in Europe. But that's the difference. So what if, that's, if you buy because of a relationship, that's how you're best going to sell. Mm-hmm. The other thing I've seen people do is, well, the other thing you don't want to do is be a business card counter. Hey, I went to a networking event last night and got 50 business cards. Wrong. You're not going to call all of them back. Some people, they go with three or four business cards, and they only hand them back out. They hand it out to the person they want to do business with. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they tell people, oh, you know what? I'm just getting some new ones printed. I don't have any. But they only give them to the people that they have a connection to, they feel like they can build a relationship with, and that's who gets their card. Yeah. I typically will not carry cards on purpose Mm -hmm. because I like to call myself the magnet because I am supposed to be a collector of other people's information, not just pushing my information out. What is the likelihood that I meet someone at a networking event hand them my card, and then they call me within the next couple of days to do business with me. You boy, yeah. So low. To, to so be buying a house, on, I meet you on Monday, and I'm actually selling a house on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the likelihood is so low. But what's the likelihood that 
I follow up with them. I send them a nice little note, what, either via LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever it is. It was nice to meet you. It was great meeting your black chihuahua. And <laughs> then now there's a dialogue that's happening, and I can keep in contact with them. And that's where networking, I had a woman that I was coaching way, way long ago who actually worked in a center that rents space, right? Okay. Uh, storage space, storage yep. container, container space, storage. Sure. She came to me so burnt out. She said, I'm doing three to four networking meetings a week. And I said, oh, that sounds terrible. One, how does your liver handle it? Because that's a lot of wine. And two... <laughs> She was she was burnt out because she was going to all of these events and getting no traction. And I asked her, I said, woman whose name I'm not going to call out on uh, this podcast, yes. how, how many of those people have you followed up with? Mm-hmm. And her answer was, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. Yep. So you can't go expecting to hand out a bunch of cards and then that's going to instantly turn into business. Now, is there the off chance the outlier that one of those people calls you and does business? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. But is that something you want to hang your hat on? No. No. Well, let's go back to the scenario the guy you met that you followed up with your, you know, your realtor package. Hey, mm-hmm. when you get to that point, would love to talk to you more. Yep. You know, if, if you're growing a business, you know you're outworking people because there were probably, could have been a half dozen other realtors there. Yes. And you might have been the only one that followed up with that guy, yep. which will make a huge difference with him. Yep. But you just outworked your competition right there, and all you Hands did was down. send Follow an email. Up. Yep. That's how easy um, it is. I actually, we're sitting here, I just got a text message from someone asking me if I can meet with them on Saturday to list their home and help them sell another one that I met at a networking event. Mm-hmm. And there was two other real estate agents that were there. I was the one that happened to connect with them, like the best personally, because I was (laughs) in charge of team wine (laughs) and followed up with them the next day. They asked me out to their home for a listing consult that weekend. We went out and grabbed a beer uh, a week after that. And now they want to do business together. So it's not that difficult, no. but you have to have the systems in place to make those things happen. And that's a whole other pro- whole other yeah. podcast oh, yeah. we'll do. So. All right, so let's go over some marketing, national, actually international marketing campaigns to kind of give everybody a, an example of why what's the difference between marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. We all know the most interesting man in the world. Now, oh, yeah. the second question, once I say that, I ask people, what's the beer? that he's marketing. Some people get Dos Equis, some people don't. But that is all about marketing. There's never, hey, go to the store and buy something. Hey, it's six ninety nine a case at Walmart. There's none of that. And right. it's just, it's all marketing. It's a cool product. And at some point, it, it's a branding thing. Right. But it's marketing. It's just telling you this is what we sell. This is mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah, um, I love that because it's. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Dosec. Case, yeah, it's just great. It's simple. Yeah. It's reliable. Simple, you powerful. can recall it. Yeah, yep. That's marketing because there's nowhere on there do they say sold in local stores near you. Right. Anything. Well, like that. and that's also the difference between selling something that's a higher end product yeah. versus something yeah. that you're selling in bulk or that you're selling as a discount. Yeah. 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 One of my favorites is Nike's. Back in the 80, late eighties, just do it. Just do it. It yep. was that's an image thing, and that's probably more branding than marketing. <laughs> now it's can, just blew it. Yeah, really. Because <laughs> those suckers are exploding. Yeah. 
uh, and which which we like a, that a lot because it's just it's an iconic campaign. It's one of the doing some research on this a couple weeks ago, and I just like Google and things, and it came up from five different sites. This was one of the top three campaigns ever. Oh yeah, because everybody knows what it is. They've seen it, whether they wear Nikes or they've been into sports. That, they've had that same logo that just do it mm-hmm. as a core message for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a powerful, whoever came up with that branding and that marketing message. Yeah. Man, I hope that they are retired on the beach somewhere oh, drinking yeah. a Dos Equis. Yeah. A what? Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Do. Do. Sekis. Sekis. Not suckies. Suckies? Yeah. Suckies? No. Suckies. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the beer drinker, and I'm not. So I'm yeah, not a beer drinker. I, I like a wine. Corona light. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> or, right. or vodka. That's not beer, yeah. Vod- yeah, vodka, what you talk about all day long. Yeah. The other one that a lot of people haven't heard much of lately, and I, I don't know when they stopped doing this, but if you remember back in the early to mid-90s, the California Milk Processor Board. Now, oh. when I say that, it means nothing to you, but... What do you remember I, from that? I remember Got Milk. Got Milk. All yes, those white mustaches. My, oh, yeah. that was such a good one. Yeah. And doing a little research on this, it raised milk sales 7% in the state. And obesity by 50. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it never said, hey, go buy this at 7-Eleven, go buy no. this at Walmart, at Food Line, all that stuff. Just it was just marked Made yeah. people want yeah. more milk. It's, yeah, it was memorable. Again, just some cool things like that. So mm-hmm. we love those marketing campaigns that just gets a message out there, an image out there. Yeah. And then what about, um, Axe body spray? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you cannot walk through a high school now oh, without gosh. smelling all those boys. Yeah. I mean, they really made some powerful impact in such a non-pleasant way. <laughs> yeah. They needed a little disclaimer on right. there that says if, if they could smell you around the corner, you have put too yes. much Axe on. But I think that was, a. That was a big thing in uh, high school in the 90s, 2000s maybe. And then I love your example here about Old Spice because, (laughs) um, side note, my fiancé and I use two different body washes. He likes the one that smells like coconuts and lavender. (laughs) And guess which body wash I use? Oh, Old Spice. Old Spice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you're. So I'm pretty sure that this campaign totally got me, but for me, because I use Old Spice body wash. Well, you're the spouse ninja in your relationship. I am the spouse ninja. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it it totally makes sense because they rolled out their commercial in 2010 that was geared towards women. women. Yes. And that totally makes sense because that's right around the time that I started using yeah. this dang body wash. And the <gasps> they thought, totally mind ninja yeah, me. They did. Oh. But the thought behind that is why you have to have a plan. Who's your target mm-hmm. audience? Yeah. And the target audience was they wanted men to use it, but the, tar- the target audience was, was women, women to buy to it buy for, it for them. Yes. Oh, I want my man smelling like that. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't out that long. No, uh, but they went. It was one of those. One of the. I don't know if it's one of the first ones, but it certainly went viral. Right. To use the social media word, but they decided the best way to sell that is. To, it's just like with guys, you see diamond oh, earrings and yes. on football Every games. Every kiss and, begins with K. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. You you get that around all, around yeah. around Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. You you're running all it's running all sports because you get yep. the guys. Yeah. And you have to. That's who's going to yep. buy it. Right. That's not your target market, but who's going to buy, buy it? it. Go yeah. out and buy it. 
that's why many things are geared towards the mom. Mm -hmm. The mom knows what the husband and the kids like. But usually, and I don't want to make this a sexist statement, but normally she's the shopper in the family. So they Unless are, you're in my family. Exactly. Then it's Scott. In more places than not, or it used to be, let's say yeah. that. They would advertise uh, vacations. Uh, well, Carowinds here, but Bush Gardens or any of those places mm-hmm. like that, they would advertise during the afternoon right. when moms were watching TV. Yeah. Back in the day when stay-at-home moms and they're watching soap operas or whatever show, they're not advertising on Sports Center for the dad. Right. Because mom knows that dad and the kids want to go there, and so they market to her, and she buys the tickets. Right. So who who's the product for? Mm-hmm. But also always keep in mind who's going to buy it. Right. Who's going to buy okay. it. So, so um, before we – I'm very excited to hear about your nine um, best ways for small business to market themselves. But before we end on marketing, um, I want to talk about – a little bit about sales methods because we've talked a lot about marketing, um, which is how do you go out and get people to start perking up and being interested in your, in your, in your client, in your product or what you're selling. But then once you have that person whose ears are perked up, how do you convert them into a paying customer? And there's a lot of different sales methods depending on what your industry is and what type of product that you have and who your target customer is. My favorite is Sandler. That's what I use and train people on um, and have trained in. But um, there's also spin selling, similar, but a little bit different. The challenger method, which I've read and done a little bit of studying on, but um, not as well versed in it. Snap selling, conceptual selling, you have inbound selling, outbound selling, cold calling, all of these different methodologies. And in your small business, I would recommend that you pick one or two, maybe three, become an expert in them, and then meld them together in a way that makes sense for your business. I use a combination in my real estate practice between spin selling, conceptual selling, and Sandler. And it works spectacularly for me. In in a nutshell, the difference between spin selling and conceptual selling. They're very similar. It's just in how you ask your questions. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Sandler. Sandler gives you more of a comprehensive selling system from beginning to end, which is why I love Sandler. When you're selling, don't forget to stop and listen. You don't yes. want to talk for three minutes because remember, no. again, yeah, put yourself in the place of the consumer. Rarely do people want to be sold. They want to buy. They want to buy. You want to make it, take deep breaths, mm-hmm. <laughs> stop every now and then. But tell them what pride we talked about yeah. this earlier. What and the you know what? Are you I noticed what we did this morning, which I'm going to call us out. So we were meeting with a potential client of ours. His buying signal started going up, and I got real excited. And so did Mike. And I realized we started talking over him a little bit. Yeah, we did. And I was like, dang it. Pump, pump the brake. Pump yeah. the brake. Go back into questioning mode. And so we did. And then we wound up... Mm-hmm probably getting the client yeah. but if we had continued down the road of being too excited yeah. we totally would have lost him yeah and and sometimes it's that's definitely a benefit of us being there together in our partnership because i don't know that i would have recognized that if we both weren't both at that meeting i was at a uh, visiting another bni chapter today about uh, this morning down out in chapel hill pam goodman who's the president there she owns and runs k6 easy it's a tutoring company They do a sales tip at the end of each meeting. Her sales tip was, your job begins when they say no. Mm. It's like, dang, Mm. that's good. Because you got to ask them why Mm -hmm. and then listen. I Mm. like that a lot. I 
do too. All right, so we're going to wrap this up with best ways for a small business to market. Got to have an elevator pitch ready. Elevator pitch, if you're not familiar, if you can't tell us what you do in an elevator ride, you're taking too then you you too long too long to say. You need to be able to sum it up. Should be you should have a 10 second, a 30 second, and a one minute ready to go at any yes. point in time. Yep. On what you who you are, what you do, who you're looking for, any different combination of all those. But you've yep. got to be ready to do that. Um, Leverage your community. Small business owners get out in your community. They talk. We've talked about networking. You can sponsor something. You can volunteer, volunteer. somewhere. Partner with a local charity. That is one of the best ways to, one, meet other people who are like-minded. And second, um, really get your name out in the community for doing good. And there are so many great organizations, both locally and nationally, that you can become a part of that will basically tee you up with different volunteer opportunities and things that you can become a part of. And from a selfish standpoint, a lot of people who don't volunteer have no idea how many decision makers volunteer. Mm-hmm. They volunteer things that are passionate to them. If they lost a loved one to cancer, yep. uh, pet rescue, all that good stuff. But you have no idea how many local decision makers are at that Saturday yeah. morning volunteer event that you're not at. Yep. Uh, I love this next one, which is to partner with a non-competing business. Yeah. This, <clears throat> excuse me. This just happened for me is that I'm hosting a client appreciation event coming up for my real estate business. And my one of my go-to and the world's best financial advisor, Kate Anders, is sponsoring it. So she's getting cross-promoted, blasted out all over my sphere, um, and we're able to partner together. And then as all of my clients come in, she's getting introduced to them as my go-to financial planner. So what a great way for her to be able to partner with me. And our clients are like, it just makes so much sense for us to partner together. A lot of times people think, oh, I've got to do a radio ad or a commercial. Sometimes you just have to go where your, where your potential where your clients, clients are. are. Yeah. yeah. Just show up one day. I mean, she's going to be there with 50 people who have bought or sold houses this year. So, oh, yeah. Like, duh. Yeah. That they, was a no-brainer. Yeah, they got money because you only work with the rich and talented. So. <laughs> uh, we talked about networking. Go give a speech. Or the poor and really good looking. <laughs> really, yeah. I'm here. I'm here, people. <laughs> Go give a speech somewhere. A Rotary Club, a Kiwanis Club, a school where the parents are, obviously. because yes. they. But just go give a speech on something. You don't have to sell your business. Just go give a speech on the mm-hmm. environment, on pets, on something yep. like that. But it gets you in the room. Somebody's going to ask you, hey, Trinity, thanks for coming out. I know we've never met. What do you do? Right. And there's your introduction right there. Yep. That's how simple that can be. Always asking for the referrals. Yeah. Lead with something that you can give first and then ask for the referral. Nothing is a bigger turnoff than somebody coming up and asking for your business without even getting to know you, shaking your hand, or there being some personal connection. But once that personal connection is made, ask all day long. The worst thing that happens is they say no. Or not right now. Or not right now. But that dovetails into number seven here. You've just built that relationship. Right. Because you've not hammered them with anything. Mm-hmm. They've seen you in action for 2 to 10 or 30 yep. minutes doing something, and they feel comfortable enough to talk to you on that. But that builds relationships. Don't be afraid to do a free trial. Hey, I've got a free home buying class Saturday morning, mm-hmm. 40 seats. That's it. 
Yeah. Register now. My home buyer seminars, people love them. Yeah. And yeah. I get two to four clients per seminar that I put on. And yeah. it's awesome. And yep. you do a monthly wine and wisdom event. I do. Which yep. it's a great chance for small business owners to get together. Topic changes Again, each month. Giving giving back to the community. Yep. And we've secured a couple clients yep. even from that. Yep. So And you sold a house or two from that. Oh, I've sold a, yep. a lot of houses from that. Yep. In the last one, again, we talk about it's a consistent theme. Come up with a clever what separates you from your competition. Oh, I'm going to challenge our listeners to come up with a clever way for us yep. to describe what separates us. We like that. Yeah. We like If you come up with that clever way, then why don't you ping us on our favorite social media sites? We're over on the L Facebook, <laughs> as well as the Twitter sphere, Instagram, yes. LinkedIn. You can email us at info at wired2change.com with the number two. <laughs> we thank you for joining us uh, on this Wired to Change podcast. We'll see you next time.